Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast, helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business. Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast. Welcome to another episode of Western New York Entrepreneur, where we help entrepreneurs take the next step in their own business. Uh, and here, you know, another episode in quarantine here, doing a good old fashioned Zoom call uh, for our podcast here. So we have a really great person to, to interview today. Uh, we have Michael Mertens, who's the co-founder of World Class Taekwondo Centers. They have five locations in Buffalo, a great company. And so, uh, Michael, I actually don't, I want to take your bio away from you, Mike. So if you could tell us, you know, what made you start it um, as a co-founder, tell us your story um, as, as an entrepreneur. Why don't you go ahead and take it over? Sure. Uh, well, I guess, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to sharing some ideas and concepts with everybody. Uh, for me, my uh, Taekwondo business comes out first from my passion of being a Taekwondo student. Um, my uh, martial art career began 37 years ago with the person who is now my you know, martial art mentor and my business partner, Grandmaster Sun Chong. So I had the privilege of growing up learning Taekwondo. Um, was a black belt by the time I went away to college, went to Cornell University, studied industrial labor relations with a focus on organizational behavior. And very proud to say I never interviewed for another job, never thought about doing another job, came straight out of college and went into full-time uh, owning and operating you know, Taekwondo schools. Um, uh, had started in Syracuse originally and then moved with Grandmaster Chung to Buffalo 27 years ago, uh, where we then proceeded to open up, you know, five schools over the uh, a couple decades there. And very uh, proud to say grew to become, you know, the most popular martial arts program in Western New York. Yeah, so you guys both moved here together? Uh, correct, yes. That's so cool. Are you guys just like, hey, let's just go to Buffalo and start a business? I feel like I'm missing a little part of the story there. Uh, well, you know, uh, again, I had grown up learning from him in Syracuse. And then when I graduated from college, he really asked me, hey, you know, do you want to tackle something a little bit bigger? And we weren't particularly interested in downstate New York, New York City, and that kind of metropolitan area. So obviously, the, the largest city in Buffalo, or I'm sorry, the largest city in New York State outside of the downstate, of course, was Buffalo. So we knew that this would give us an opportunity to grow uh, further and faster. So he, uh, Grandmaster Chong had had two locations in Syracuse. Uh, but again, as we came up here, there was the opportunity to expand out to five of them. Oh, that's really cool. So I'm like writing down questions right now because uh, there's popping up left and right. But a couple of questions we have written down here is, you know, what went, what went through your mind when you, um, so obviously the epidemic is huge right now. A lot of businesses are shut down or partially shut down or they're severely limited because of the COVID-19. So what really went through your mind, though, um, the last month and a half when you leaned, uh, when you learned, excuse me, that you had to shut down your business or your in-person operations? Well, you know, it was a big shock to us as it was to uh, all other businesses. You know, I have friends that operate and own schools in different parts of the country. So we started to feel the sense, well, at first we thought this was a West Coast thing, you know, uh, and, you know, we didn't think it was going to reach all the way over here. And yet we saw it literally move across the country. We saw more concerns in more areas of the country. 
and uh, had hoped that, we, you know, any kind of shutdown that we were going to experience was going to be a temporary short-lived shutdown. But the more that the news came out, the more that the awareness uh, increased, we realized, wow, this is going to be a much more severe disruption. Uh, and, um, you know, on March 15th was our, I believe, our last day of classes. And we had to shut down, you know, at the, at the request of the government with no idea of when we would be operating again. Um, you know, I can say that the overwhelming feeling we had at that time, Grandmaster Strong and myself, is, wow, we have a lot of people counting on us. And by that, I meant, you know, we've got uh, 16 full-time staff that work for us teaching in all of our locations. We've got nearly 2,000 students between the five locations whose families come to us looking for this kind of training and this kind of physical outlet. Um, we're going to need to find a way to make this work. We're going to need to find a way to maintain relationships and offer value to our students because from our perspective as professional Taekwondo instructors, this is something that people need in their daily life. You know, whether it was the kids or the adults, uh, we didn't want them to be without their training. I think it's really cool that you immediately went to your staff and your students. And I know when things are so tough, especially when we're like, what is going on? Something that we've never really experienced maybe in our lifetime or at least recently, you guys went right to, okay, we have so many staff members, we have so many people that are really counting on us. And I think when we have that, like, I think the why is bigger, which means we critically think in a better way versus just worrying about ourselves. So how quickly were you able to the pivot uh, to on, so for those that don't know, they now do online classes. So completely remotely, I guess you would say, um, how quickly were you able to pivot to that? What, what, what came up with that idea? Was it pretty quick? Tell, tell me that process. Right. So at least initially, uh, we, you know, we had that first week of shutdown where we were told that our employees could still report to work, even though we couldn't be interacting with students. And so we spent the first couple of days uh, pre-recording material, uh, training workouts and routines that we could build, a, an, uh, you know, build for an online library, because uh, we wanted to have that content available that our students could access right away. But it didn't take too long into that first week before we started hearing that, uh-oh, we're going to be down to 100% of employees are going to need to work from home uh, and are not going to be allowed to even come to the school. So we had to transition and start thinking about how are we going to bring the classes online. And uh, thankfully, a few of our staff were set up and up or were willing enough to broadcast from their homes, from their apartments, you know, which is where we're broadcasting classes from now. And a lot of us had never dealt with Zoom before. We'd never used Zoom before. And so we went into, you know, practices right away to figure out the best way to do this. Uh, but we really yeah. did it very in a very short period of time. I would say from idea to running the first uh, online Zoom class was really just a few days. Yeah, I bet there's a lot of blooper videos that could be had, right? <laughs> In the background, so, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, so because when, when you know, when you, when you first reached out about being on the podcast, I, I was so amazed that you guys had 45 online classes, taught 517 private lessons, um, and it's, it's, what has it been, a month or something since this happened or so? That is, I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. So um, how have you guys handled working with 16 staff members and and you know, so many different 2,000 students, how, how have you guys managed all that? Well, um, you know, again, I, I'm very lucky, and Grandmaster Strong and I are very lucky that we've got an outstanding team, and they would really consider themselves 
like you said earlier, not just part of a company, but part of a movement or part of a mission, right? They teach Taekwondo classes and work with hundreds of students at each location every week. That's their passion. That's what energizes them. That's what drives them. So they also weren't real excited about just sitting on the sidelines and not having anybody to interact with, not nobody to, to teach and share, you know, their passion with. Um, you know, even the numbers that you said a moment ago, you know, those are the numbers from a single week. So in a single oh, geez. Okay. Wow. That's, single, uh, yeah. Wow. In a single week, uh, we taught 45 different classes, which is classes for all the different levels of students. Um, we also started offering private lessons. And again, each staff member was responsible to have a schedule of anywhere from, you know, eight to 10 of those a day. Uh, so we, and, and we saw how it was very gratifying because we saw how important this training must have been to our students because, you know, we know other adults are working from home. Uh, parents are now having to homeschool or work with their children on their schooling at home. And yet they were willing to make time for Taekwondo, you know, in their daily schedule. And we, over the last few weeks, have only seen our online numbers increase. The, the number of students training online every day is increasing. The number of students scheduling private lessons is increasing. The number of people accessing our online library is increasing. So we know we were going down the right path and that our students appreciate the effort. No, that, that, that's great. I bet you parents are appreciating the energy inside the household is getting released at least sometimes during the week because kids are bottled up, right? And the weather hasn't been the greatest in Buffalo. But one thing I do want to say is get to the learning portion of this too, is that um, I bet you, so many entrepreneurs are how do I do it online classes? How do I, you know, especially if they're maybe they're a doctor, maybe they're a physical therapist, maybe, you know, a lot of businesses can go to online or Zoom meetings or virtual. What, what advice do you have for those types of business in a general sense and things that you learned during the process of doing everything you're doing? Well, I mean, the Zoom platform obviously makes it possible and it is rather user-friendly for someone that doesn't know a whole lot of technology. So, you know, for us at least, you know, half of our students seem to adopt it rather easily. And we've got Taekwondo students as young as five years old who are watching the classes, you know, their parents probably help them to log in, but it is a very accessible platform. Uh, you know, if you ask me, did we practice, did we do dress rehearsals? We certainly did. You know, every one of our head instructors, we made them log on and we were the, you know, the other instructors were the audience for them. And we practiced, you know, to see where, what, what was the best lighting situation, which way should they face to teach, uh, to teach certain techniques? Did we have to do anything with, uh, you know, microphones or whatever? And, and, and we really didn't. Uh, so, you know, it's a pretty bare bones yet successful production if they have a laptop maybe a TV monitor so they can see the students a little bit larger on screen. And then, you know, we told them that they need to be a little bit bigger than life because, you know, the screen and the internet does suck up some of the energy and enthusiasm that you would feel if you were a person to person. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, we just kept asking ourselves, how can we create more value? How can we provide more services to our students online? Um, our instructors are experts. They do have uh, information that if they're watching a student, even through a, you know, through a video camera, they can identify things that they can have that student work on and they can help that student work with. And so, sure, a, a physician or a physical therapist, uh, perhaps a chiropractor, I'm sure that their expert eye can identify things and give recommendations. Yeah. So uh, one thing that's going to my head is parents. So uh, have you had any, because with 2000, you know, kids, I got to imagine with every parent is different of how they believe things should be run. 
So I have to imagine that maybe you're putting out fires sometimes. So what, how have the parents' reactions to this? And or and if and for basically for uh, people that are worried about parents or maybe their clients are reacting, well, this isn't the same. Uh, any ideas or tips or thoughts on anything I just said there? Uh, well, a couple things come to mind. Uh, number one, there certainly was some uh, coverage in the news or online about the concerns about Zoom bombing. Yes. Uh, something yes. that when you're teaching children, you certainly have to be aware of. Uh, so we did follow and develop best practices rather quickly of learning you know, how we were going to keep these classes as safe and secure as possible. Uh, so one thing we did know from the very beginning, we guard our meeting IDs and our passwords rather carefully. You know, we're not putting that out on social media. It's really something that only our active members are getting through email. Uh, so that, you know, we, we have a couple hoops to jump through before you can show up online and be in front of our students uh, or be joined in a class with our students. Um, you know, we're disabling the chat feature. We're not allowing screen sharing. And we're using a waiting room so that we know who's going to be in there. So, and we educated our, our members all about those procedures, again, letting them know that their safety and security was our first priority and that, um, you know, we were going to be concerned about that. Then as far as the effectiveness of it, all we could really say to someone is, hey, if you're not sure if this is going to work out well, just give it a try, you know, and they found, particularly for children, but for adults too, hey, we all need a set to maintain our sense of routine. We need to maintain our sense of normalcy. And even though it's your instructor talking to you through the screen, within a few minutes of what we would consider like the warm-up exercises, hey, now that young student is active and engaged and paying attention to their instructor, because again, the instructor can see and hear them, they can see and hear their students. So it is in that way much more effective than doing a video on Facebook Live or YouTube, because again, there is the interactive component. You know, we are calling students by name, we are you know, recognizing their efforts while we're watching, while we're teaching the class. Yeah, so um, how did you guys get that message across? Because I, I think it's a great message, like, hey, what's not, you know, let's get, if we don't want their routine too messed up or too too different, this is a great way to do so. So is, did you guys just like send a flyer home with the kids? Did you guys post it on your social media? Did you guys, how did you guys get that message across? I'm curious. I, I, would, I would say all of it. You know, I'm a big believer in multi-channel communication. Uh, and by that, I just simply mean that whatever message we need to get out to our student body, you know, you have to remember, again, the majority of our students are children between the ages of six and 12 years old. So we're not really looking for them to relay the message to the parents. We've got to you know, talk to the parents directly. So we use everything. Uh, we have a pretty robust social media presence, at least for Facebook. Um, we email our students, uh, of course. We phone call our students. We do mass text messaging, you know, through a service. Um, and of course, and, and we did personal calls, you know, so we are uh, I think it was a very uh, helpful uh, mindset for us that we treat our martial arts schools as schools, and therefore we keep attendance. Uh, we're tracking attendance of students who are attending classes. If they don't attend their classes, like a school does, we call <laughs> to find out is everything okay. And again, we knew that we needed to be in the education and assistance business, right? Help our students to get online, and if, a, and if a child needed a little extra motivation or a little one-on-one -on -one with an instructor, even over the phone, to try it out online, you know, we were certain, we were certainly willing to do that. But you know, we're all we're all in the same boat. If someone says our live class is better or online class is better, hey, hands down, live classes are better. But currently, 
nobody has the chance to do live classes. They don't have a chance to do live basketball, baseball, soccer, or gymnastics. Um, so we're going to give, provide the absolute best online experience we can and hopefully uh, do it for as long as we need to until we can have some other option. Hey, really quick. A lot of great things are happening for the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast. We're doing free networking events every single month. We're doing them at breweries, distilleries, local coffee houses. So my question to you is, do you like free drinks? Do you like free food? Do you like networking with other entrepreneurs in the area? Then you definitely do not want to miss this. Go to westernnewyorkentrepreneur.com and sign up for our events or to be notified via email when the next event is going down. Again, the website is wnyentrepreneur.com. And if you're loving these podcasts, make sure you leave us a rating, give us a review, and let other entrepreneurs know about this because this is just too good to contain. We're in a movement in Western New York for entrepreneurs where we're just helping other entrepreneurs take their next step. No gimmicks, no sales pitches, just good old networking, giving information, and sharing what we learn so we can help our local economy and our local entrepreneurs grow. So be a part of this. Go to wnyentrepreneur.com. Now, back to your podcast. So what is, so obviously, you know, things have changed a lot, but what do you, what do you feel like is one positive that you were not expecting during this? Like knowing what you know now, what you were thinking back then, you're like, wow, I was not expecting this. Anything positive or um, that you just weren't expecting at all come out of this? Um, I mean, I guess, uh, I don't know if unexpected, but you know, how well our team was going to respond. Cause again, uh, anybody can be set in their ways, right. And say, well, I'm only used to doing something a certain way. And, you know, different people have different, uh, comfort levels with uncertainty or changing formats or whatever. But I really would go back to, I think our staff was so passionate about teaching and maintaining connection with their students that we said, okay, uh, instead of coming to our school and working with students live, you're going to be broadcasting from your living room. And we need, you move, we need you to move your furniture and be as enthusiastic while talking to a computer screen as you were if you were in front of 40, you know, live people. Yeah, um, not more, right? Yeah. yeah they, all, they all jumped into it. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm pretty tough on our team and I'm a tough grader when it comes to their performance. And I've just been unbelievably wowed at how well our staff have uh, been able to uh, connect with students online. And as I said, the numbers are, the numbers are showing it because the participation is growing. Yeah. So an another thing I was thinking is I noticed that when I talk to different types of business owners, they say, you know, and this is in a general sense, you know, it's, it's, I can't put everybody in this box, but I've noticed that some people they have tried to go to virtual saying, well, people don't want to do it. Or they, they, I, I don't, I don't know why they've been resistant or, or their clients been resistant, but basically they're not as, as, uh, um, positive about it as they initially hoped. I would love to hear your general advice on if they're struggling getting people to do virtual, like whether it's again, people that, um, that can do virtual, but maybe people or their clients are a little more resistant. How can they get people least resistant to it, I guess? Well, I guess there is, you know, to me, there's, you know, there's whatever tech hurdle you overcome, right? And that to me should just be an assistance issue, right? So if you say to someone, remember, we're again, all in the same boat. So it's not like I'm an attorney and they can go see an attorney live or they can see me online or a, a, phys a physician, they can see me uh, live or you know online. We're all in the same boat that this is the only way we can do it. So we first wanna remove whatever tech hurdle it is. You know, the other day 
I was on the phone with someone for about 45 minutes in order for me to work with their children for about 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> but I was happy to do so. And they had to, you know, oh, wait, I'll, I'll text you the link. Okay, no, I'll, okay, I'll email you the link. Oh, they're going to check it. They're going to use a different laptop. You know, they had all kinds of difficulties, but in the end, we made the connection happen. Um, so number one, we're patient about helping people to get through whatever tech phobias or tech issues they have. After that, I'm going to really say now it really uh, comes down to the value that you can offer, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, it feels weird to be told how to move your body from martial art classes from somebody through a screen instead of in front of you. But if I do it successfully and if I create what we call in martial art, you know, if I can create a magic moment where, oh, wait a second. Yeah, that did feel different when I moved that way instead of that way. And I got that from the instructor's advice. Then you start to get into that same pattern. As I said, I believe that it feels weird for the first few minutes. And then as we keep talking, if we keep providing real value. Uh, people, in, in a way, the computer kind of disappears. And there's just that interaction between teacher or student, or I would think between client and um, uh, you know, provider of whatever type of service. No, that's so good. So for our listeners out there uh, that are listening to this episode, I think it's so important that value needs to be higher than the maybe the difficulty or the uh, perception of difficulty of, of doing something new like technology, a Zoom link or a Zoom call they never did before. So for me, it's like, hey, if we really want to get you better, if we really want this pain to go away, if we really want this problem solved, if we really, so in this case, maybe it's like, if you want your kid to have the same routine, if you want them to, to you know, go to their next belt or the case may be, you know, I really get, again, perception is reality. If they see the values higher than the difficulty, and if we make it sound easy and the value is there, I think that that's, that's where it is, right? If someone doesn't want to do it, they just don't see enough value to do it, right? So um, I think that's a really good point you made, Mike. Um, so since you have so many employees and you guys have multiple different locations and different you know, towns and whatnot, how have you kept your employees focused and motivated during this time? Um, you know, first of all, I am uh, very proud of the fact, uh, which was our commitment, but it also came from the support of our uh, students, that we have maintained our entire full-time roster at their full compensation. Uh, now, you know, we're only uh, seven weeks into this, uh, and hopefully the situation will get better, not worse over time. Uh, but we are proud of that. And we, again, we couldn't do it without the support of our students. So I do have our entire full-time team still working with us. Um, I would have said that in the past, you know, the key to keeping staff motivated and excited about what they're doing is, hey, they got to know their role and they've got to have responsibilities that they're excited about. And now when everything's changed, to keep staff motivated and excited, they've got to know their role and they've got to have responsibilities that they care about. And so, um, you know, across the board, we found what was going to work well for our different people. So, you know, we have 16 full-time staff. Some of them are back office staff. Well, they're not doing the same administrative tasks they used to, but okay, you're going to be in charge of our social media communication and we're going to double the amount of social media communication because, you know, this is more of a, a emergency time and we've got to be clear about getting our message out. Um, our webmaster's not working on our traditional marketing website, but she's working on you know, uploading these videos for our library and making that material more accessible to our students. We've got head instructors who are teaching live classes, and then we've got other head instructors who are teaching more private lessons. We've got school managers who used to be responsible for enrolling new students or marketing, and they are moderating the classes. You know, they're co-hosts for the classes, and they're controlling the mute 
and the uh, screenshots, and they're also giving information to the parents before and after the class starts. So, you know, I think the reason that our employees are still motivated and focused is because we've given them valuable work to do. They see where they fit into the bigger picture. Um, and we've also, you know, we've got some new metrics. You know, we used to be motivated about how many new students enrolled this week or how many people, uh, you know, uh, were new into our program. Uh, but now we can also focus on, again, what degree of engagement are we getting? So we you know, are putting in front of our staff uh, how many people attended each type of class, what was the total, because you've got to find ways to do mini celebrations, right? And so I, I'm very happy that uh, at the end of week one, okay, we had our milestone. This is how many people have attended the classes for the week, and here's what the biggest class of the day was. And I'm very happy to say that we've been just re-breaking, you know, breaking those records over and over again, up to even, you know, yesterday was the biggest uh, uh, Wednesday that we had so far. The day before that was the biggest Tuesday that we had so far. Uh, so it's, it's, it's having a role and responsibility, and it's having something to focus on, and it's having something to celebrate, I think, to keep staff motivated. Yeah, you know, a couple of things I've just really noticed about you, Mike, even though the brief moment we've known together here is that you're very well organized. You're very well organized. You're direct, so there's no fluff with you, which I love. And you're also, I love those mini celebrations you have. So for us, there's so much negative stuff going on. So I bet you people just appreciate even a little bit of celebration of like, you know, again, just that we're doing the right things, those, those little things that, that really do matter. So I, it's just the little things that really make big, big, um, big solutions. So I, I, kudos to you, seriously, Mike. I think that's awesome, man. Um, I love this question we have written down here. Um, I love it. It's uh, what suggestions can you offer for member communication and retention during this epidemic? Well, you know, we just talked about uh, keeping the staff focused and motivated. And obviously, equally important, if not more important, is keeping our students and the families uh, focused and motivated. Obviously, my heart goes out to and I'm aware of that our student body is going to have a range of different situations. Um, among our student body, some of them uh, may have lost their job at this point. They may have lost a substantial amount of their income at this point, whether they're an employee or a small business owner of some kind. Um, obviously, even more tragically, some members of our uh, Taekwondo community have lost a family member at this point. I, I'm certain that there could be more that I'm aware of, but I, but I know of one grandfather you know, that was, you know, unfortunately was lost to, to COVID-19, you know, during this challenge. Um, so we never minimize the degree of the epidemic or the tragedy that's going on. But as you said, at the same time, we can be one of the bright spots in people's day. Uh, we are a moment of high energy and fun and recreation that we're providing to the children. Hey, maybe for some of the parents, we might even be a half hour that they don't have to uh, observe their child as closely because you know their child's pretty engaged with their Taekwondo class. Um, but in a bigger way, as far as communicating with them as a business, what I would say we're doing is you know we want them to know, hey, we have a plan, and that our plan continues to unfold and improve over time. You know, I made a fairly bold statement uh, kind of early on in one of our Facebook posts, and I said, we want our Taekwondo families to know we're going to do everything we can to continue to bring you the benefits of Taekwondo through online training. And, you know, I believe with the help of my team, we're now backing that statement up week after week 
and we're rolling out more and more improved things. So we didn't think we were going to get the solution right just the first week that we did it. We've learned how to tweak, you know, our online library. We've adjusted our class schedules. Um, you know, we're playing around with the schedules for when the private lessons are offered. Uh, we offered our first online belt testing where students advanced and moved to their next belt rank. Uh, you know, we, you know, I think we're hopefully surprising and delighting them with how well we've been able to replicate our service. Will it, will it ever replace what we do in the real world? No, it won't. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to sure as heck try to make it the best darn replacement we can. Yeah, and I can see the energy. Uh, you know, so many things I've written down. These, these things I just feel while you're talking about everything you do in the last 25 minutes. I see vision, a big vision right off the bat of like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to pivot. And right off the bat, I, don't, I can see that your employees don't have to worry. Are we going to be told what we need to do and how we're going to execute? I can see that you're like, this is what we're doing. This is going to be great. We're going we're gonna to get through this together. And not only do your staff do it, but your clients or customers or parents, whoever you want to call them, they can feel that as well. They can feel the positivity. They see huge value because you, so for us as business owners, we have to not just have great vision, but we have to provide amazing value and very clear stated value during this time. I see organized. I see do your homework, <laughs> do your homework and what you're doing. Right. And, and don't overload your staff. It's so great how you notice that they're a little piece of a puzzle that fits perfectly and, and overwhelmed staff, especially during crazy times. They don't usually deliver great results. So you've, you've done such a great job to organize that. And I, it's just so clear to me that when all that comes together, you, we can see why you've been so successful. So um, I love it. So that being said, uh, yeah, we're basically out of time here, Mike. Uh, I, I now, for, for there are people that are listening, um, if they would love to connect with you and maybe pick your brain on a question that maybe we just didn't have time to ask or I didn't think about. I'm sure, especially for people that, really just would love to replicate something you're doing, but in their business, what's the best way that you feel comfortable putting out there for people to contact you? You know, if they want to reach out to me, uh, they can reach out to me at director, D-I-R-E-C-T-O-R, at Buffalo, like our city, of course, and then TKD is in Taekwondo, so director at buffalotkd.com. Uh, of course, at buffalotkd.com, they can find out about our schools in general, which I hope will be back to normal operation at one point. Um, and in the meantime, for as long as the, we are, as long as we are shut down from normal operation, uh, we are also offering a free community class. Um, there's a variety of times each week, and people can sign up to receive, you know, online live instruction with one of our world-class instructors in a group for beginners. Um, and that's going to be starting uh, right away, and they can find out about that at buffalotkd.com as well. So happy to connect and be a resource and be of help to you know anybody in the community as best I can. Yeah, and thanks for leading the way. Thanks for just taking action and being clearly a great leader and a great uh, you know business owner during this time. And uh, I think I think your staff, even though I've never met them, are probably super appreciative of you, Mike, and then so are the people of your clients. So um, thanks again for your time, Mike. I really do appreciate it. Um, all that. Great. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to wnyentrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.